My mother always tells me to smile and put on a happy face. She told me I had a purpose. Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans with DC Comics doing the big and small screen, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. Scott, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you, too. Thank you. Thank you. We'll pat each other on the back. <laughs> we're such good fathers. We're, so, we're, no, we're, we're damn good fathers. We're That's wonderful we're. fathers. Best fathers out there, except for others that think they're the best uh you know that's no nah, well it's, it's the way it goes it's all subjective it's a, it's all subjective yes but we are the best <laughs> we are the best yeah i kind of get to have my father's day my wife set it up so basically today was my father's day ah. because she was gonna have to be somewhere tomorrow so as the joke goes i actually have to be a father on father's day mm. so did you did you get your like full day to yourself down in the basement uh more like a half day okay uh, but what happened was i i intentionally stayed upstairs with my kids because I wanted to watch a movie with them. So we watched The Kid Who Would Be King. Okay. And cute, really cute. Um, and then after that, a play date came over and I used the opportunity for the play date to then, you know, come downstairs. Oh, by the way, was was this a play date for you or for your, your kids? For my kids. Okay. It was to distract <laughs> the kids so then I could. I, I didn't know if you meant it was a play date for you. Like you had a no, friend coming no, over here no. like, yeah, oh, we get to, yeah, okay. No, no, not that. No, I slipped downstairs. <laughs> I watched the season premiere of Krypton on my okay. iPad down the basement I caught up on, I finished up uh, the James Tinian run on Detective Rebirth okay so up through issue 981 and then I kind of I went through all of my sacks from the comic book store that had been building up and I've organized all my books up through like November December like November books okay. so so everything's been put in their appropriate stacks by title so I can you know I can attack a run at a time uh, you know, that's kind of one thing I don't miss is having to sort and catalog books anymore. Yeah, well, I'm not going to be missing it much longer anyway, <laughs> except true. for something that we're probably, I'm, I'm, no, we're going to talk about comic book news. We'll talk the, about it. But, yeah, because I have made sure that I have gone to an online realtor at... <laughs> realtor. Realtor. <laughs> realtor. No, <laughs> retailer. <laughs> online retailer. <laughs> and uh, I am making sure that I'm picking up, I'm still continuing to pick up Scott Snyder's Justice League and... And Tom King's Batman. There are things I, I want to make sure that I still get all the issues for. Yeah, so, that's cool. For reasons that we will talk about later. At the end of the episode. All right. Uh, guys, we are part of the Squadcast network of shows. We have DC Comics Squadcast with Chris and Jordan talking all kinds of DC Comics, doing a lot more than we do, thankfully. <laughs> we we get thankfully, to listen to that yes. comic talk, yes. Um, uh, we have a Fans Without Borders, and that's involving, I guess, I would still Brent? He hasn't resigned yet, has he? Not from fans. Not yet. Not from fans, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. No, we're, no, we're even though I've I've heard I've heard tales of their Dark Phoenix review being <laughs> like someone's someone's sleeping on the couch. So. <laughs> yes, that's with Brent Ray, uh, of course, talking about all kinds of things, uh, way beyond DC as well, obviously. And I'm gonna need to listen to that review. That sounds that sounds enticing to me. I've heard contentious doesn't quite describe <laughs> how much the Dark Phoenix review went down. <sighs> Okay. Well, that's awesome. And then we have the brand new, spanking new DC TV Squadcast. And this next episode is going to be Ray, of course. Ray's the host of the show with a couple guest hosts. Do you know who those people would be? Well, I know that I'm joining the I'm joining the show for a segment on Krypton Season 2, which I just recorded today as part of my, you know, Father's Day getaway. And then Chris will also continue his coverage of uh, Swamp Thing. So they'll be talking Episode 3 of Swamp Thing, and I'll I'll be on there talking season two, episode one of Krypton. Nice, nice, nice. We also have our Patreon over at patreon.com slash Squawcast Media. So we want to take the opportunity to thank you, everyone who still financially supports the network and the shows. It, I mean, we say it every week because we want you to know we really do mean it. It's great. If you feel like that we deserve it and that you're able to, $5 a month, of course, uh, gets you access to hours of original exclusive content that does include uh, it's exclusive shows like Fans Without Borders Plus, which also today Ray and I recorded. I got to record my thoughts on Dark Phoenix, and then we recorded our official review of Men in Black International. Oh, that's cool. And then coming up, in the, we have like two Squadcast movies reviews scheduled two weeks in a row. Yeah, within the next 10 days. <laughs> this has never happened before. Yeah, we're doing a little catch up. We've got Ghost World and... <sighs> The Return of Swamp Thing. It's returning, Scott. Neither of which I've watched yet. <laughs> Neither of which I've put this off. And and, and you know the beauty of uh, Return of the Swamp Thing, because basically what we've done is if if there's like a series of you know of movies, like in this case we have Swamp Thing and then Return of Swamp Thing. Well, what I've been trying to do is like make sure we always get the exact same people that showed up for the episode for the previous movie to show up for the next. Scott has been threatening because he was on the Swamp Thing review. Unfortunately, I was on the Swamp Thing review. Yes, <laughs> he has been threatening that you know he is busy that day whatever day it is because i didn't tell him what day it was i also i also i was gonna be busy and i wasn't gonna pay for it and he wasn't gonna pay for it well luckily return of swamp thing is free to watch on voodoo you have movies on us as long as you watch a couple of uh wildly annoying ads yes <laughs> you can watch movies for free so yes it's on there at least at least until july 1st so we'll see because they always they always uh expire at the end of the month so i got till then to try to watch it because you made sure to check it to make sure that it was still there. Yes, it is still there. So no excuses. I, I kind of look at this. This is really fate. It, it's like all the stars lined up. You know, we knew where your feelings were about this film and your desire to not watch the film. Well, we made it super easy. There's like no excuses. Zero excuses. Re- except for my time, which I'm going to want back as soon as that movie is over. Uh, the, the bright side, it's only like it's like 68 minutes or something. It's oh, like, it's that super short. It's a short one, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like I'm biting on the belt. I'm ready for. <laughs> You're taking one for the team. Man. Okay. Well, that's coming. We're going to, it. you know, Squadcast movies have been a little bit of a hiatus lately. Yep. And we're going to be like hitting you on back to back weeks with recordings. Yes. So. so look forward to that. All right. Well, let's talk about this week's news, Scott. What do you think? Okay. Not as bad as last week. Not as bad last, as last week. Last week was a downer of a week. This week is less of a downer? Yeah. With, possibly. With actually some some interesting unexpected bright spots yeah i would say so i would say so So 
let's uh, let's get into it. Well, um, before we get into the bright spots, let's kind of talk about you know how we've been talking for a few weeks now. Like we're really kind of uncertain exactly where DC Universe, you know, the DC streaming service is really going to fit in with the new Warner Media streaming service that's going to be coming in later this fall. I know. I really want some. I still want some answers for that. We do. I really want some answers. We do want answers, but you know, we're uh, you know we're following content from a company that never ever gives us answers, so <laughs> we're kind of used to it at this point. So we have to kind of like go through the different articles that are written in the trades and all that. And Variety put out an article. They're basically talking about uh, really the crux of the article is they were really talking about J.J. Abrams is being courted by Warner Brothers. Well, it's, he's being courted by all the different studios and companies right now. And we've talked about this like a few months ago yes. about about them wanting J.J. Abrams because I remember we were talking about that when they were before Sujahara uh, <laughs> left or was kicked out or however you want to play that. Yes. Fired. Yes. Uh, that there was some pressure by Abrams and his wife to make sure that you know once the allegations against Sujihara came to light that he would that they wanted him gone. Yeah. So well, so basically the crux of the article was that you know they're getting really close to m- making a decision or at least uh, awarding or J.J. Abrams agreeing to work with a, a certain uh, production company. It's supposedly down to Warner Brothers and Apple at this point, uh, with Warner Brothers kind of being in the lead. So that was kind of like the the whole gist of the article here was like, well, you know, if, if they if they pull off this little coup and and get J.J. Abrams, because, I mean, he's very prolific when it comes to, you know, all kinds of original content. Uh, and so that would kind of dovetail perfectly into this new Warner Media streaming service. But in that article, they, they they're going around talking about a lot of different ins and outs of things that are going on uh, with within the company. And and so I always read these things and I'm, tr- I'm trying to see if I can glean any kind of idea about what the future might be for the things that we care about, you know, uh, talking about like the DC properties, DC streaming service, you know, original content, that kind of thing. And it's it's tough. You still don't really see much here, but um, there is a few bits of information that I did kind of find interesting here. Uh, it sounds like um, a Sujahara replacement is going to be, is expected to be made within the next few weeks. Okay. We've been waiting because they haven't had a CEO for a while now. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, there's been a lot of shakeups right now, um, you know, in the, in the business itself. Uh, and so, uh, so we're expecting to hear something there soon. A couple names that are floating around. Um, one of them is Anne Sweeney. Uh, she was a former Disney Media Network's co-chair and an ex-Disney ABC TV president. And she's apparently the industry veteran whose name keeps popping up uh, the most when you, I guess, around Warner Brothers Burbank lot. And then there was another name, which was Marissa Mayer. And she was being suggested to Warner Media as a possible pr- replacement. But uh, apparently here, they're not serious considering it so that's that's a name i hadn't heard yet so uh it'd be interesting to see like what we may or may not know about ann sweeney yeah and so apparently it's interesting that of course variety is using their sources and they're mentioning that people are being very tight-lipped we've heard that from some of our sources as well yeah that our sources are tell are saying that their sources like people who normally talk aren't talking so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Apparently, employees at the studio are concerned about the outcome of the search. Yeah. Because this was this was the line that just made me go, hmm? <laughs> this is a quote from the Variety article. Yeah. The fear is that if they bring...
bring in an executive whose talents are more creative and less balance sheet oriented, they risk ruffling Emmerich's and Roth's feathers and potentially losing two talented leaders. Of course, referring <laughs> to okay, that that's that's debatable, but they're referring to Warner Brothers film chief Toby Emmerich and Warner Brothers television CEO Peter Roth. Right. So basically, there's this there's this back and forth between do we want a Warner Brothers CEO who's more creatively minded or one who's more business minded. Right, right. So that's that's a pretty big factor right there, really, because I mean, we know Sujahara uh, was was definitely involved in a little bit more of the creative side of things. Uh, and it wasn't until late, like in his tenure that he supposedly, you know, at least according to some of the stories, was going to be given more power to like Emmerich and uh, and I guess Peter Roth at this point. So it'd be interesting if you if you get a bean counter in there. Uh, I'm not sure what that means, to be honest with you. Well, the the next the next paragraph of the article I think addresses that because it says, and I'm quoting again, <laughs> there's also the issue of morale. Staffers say they've existed in a state of paralysis for more than a year. First, they waited for Time Warner to close its sale to AT and T, a looming leadership transition that left executives wary of making long term decisions on film or television strategy that could run afoul of new bosses. Then they were faced with Sujahara's exit and the possibility that a new Warner Brothers head will ride into town with a much different set of goals and initiatives. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always been the fear here. And, and you know, when we talk about <laughs> the thing that we talk about often, like what happened to Zack Snyder and Justice League, these same things that they're talking about in this article, those were the things that were really... Screwing with Justice League. <laughs> well, it's really kind of screwing with Justice League. I mean, we heard about like the two-hour mandate and we heard about, uh, there was a story at one time about they needed to get Justice League in before the merger so that they can get all their bonuses. Uh, things like that. Like all these things are disrupting, you know, any kind of plans they might have had for the shared universe. It's becoming more and more clear to me that this was all really kind of screwed up by all this uncertainty with, you know, the acquisition or merger, however you want to put it, with AT&T. And, and it seems like it's still continuing, you know, and I think that's why we have all this like chaos that we have right now is it's clearly there's a lot of chaos just in the leadership there right now. Everyone's scared, not just because of like, you know, what's going to happen and, who, you know, are they going to be making decisions that's going to align with what the new bosses want when they come in? But also at the same time, it's like they, they're scared to make any bold decisions. You know, they, they're wanting to make safe decisions. And and I think that's a law that's, that's kind of playing in because they're saying in the article here, it says the incoming leader of Warner Brothers won't just have to navigate tricky office politics. It will have to be ready to jump into the creation and launch of the new Warner Media direct-to-consumer streaming platform. And then they even address, Variety even addresses DC Universe in the article. Yeah. They, they say at this time, the future of DC Universe is unclear. They mentioned that the recently launched online service, uh, in their words, has yet to make a significant footprint. And this was this is the part that made me go gulp. Its continued existence is something of a peculiarity as AT&T extinguishes WarnerMedia's niche streaming products, such as Filmstruck, one by one in the wake of last year's merger with Time Warner. Yeah. Now, this is this is the one... I, I had that same reaction, Scott, when I read that, because like I remember hearing about Filmstruck, and like I know Matt Reeves was you know really disappointed in Filmstruck being shut down, and and I think a lot of the the you know the filmmakers out there were the ones that were really kind of latched on the Filmstruck. Wasn't that the one that also had like all the Criterion yes. collection? Yeah, oh yeah, I, yeah. I remember when that thing got shut down. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a Warner product, so that was that was the part that made me go, "What?" Yeah, so so that was the kind of thing. Like, and and when I read that, I'm like, "Oh my god, that was 
kind of a niche, you know, product as well. And I'm like, just like what DC Universe is. And so I'm like, oh, you know, so that that made me nervous to kind of read that, you know, because I, I really like DC Universe. Like, I, I think DC Universe is just a fantastic service and I would hate to see anything happen to it. Like, it, it's really grown on to me, especially once they made the decision to put all the comics on her. Like I've said it before, to me, that was game over, you know, when they did that. Um, but then they went on to talk a little bit further here in the article. Uh, the abrupt cancellation of Swamp Thing has raised eyebrows. Live action Titans had previously been renewed. The well-received Doom Patrol is a waiting word on a second season pickup and the animated Harley Quinn series is supposed to launch this year, but no plans for more original content have been made public since Stargirl was announced in July of 2018, two months prior to DCU's launch. Yeah, that's the one that made me go, oh. Yeah, so we've been talking about it like, you know, we haven't heard anything and and since like uh, Justice, or since Teen Titans uh, Season 2, but actually it was, I think Stargirl was the last thing, it reminded me here that Stargirl was the last thing we've heard and it's it's been 11 months since we've heard anything being renewed yeah because we've been we've been a little bamboozled by the fact that we've been too busy enjoying the the content itself yeah to realize well what's coming after yeah so i, I don't know scott i'm kind of at a point now where i'm i'm more and more kind of convinced that i i, th- <laughs> I don't think we're going to see new original content at the, on this service which leaves me to just hope that that the new content will move over to the warner media app yes i mean that i think that's what i'm saying on this service you know, I'm not saying we're not going to get new original content, but it, like, I don't think we're going to get the stuff that was geared towards this particular service. Uh, I think, like you said, it'll either be on HBO or it'll be on the Warner Media streaming service, and I, th- I think that's where it's going to go. So then the question comes to to me: It's like, okay, what what are they going to do with DC Universe? And and I always kind of felt like it was peculiar to me when they just unloaded the entire archives of all the comics on the DC Universe uh, without like adding any cost. And my guess is that that's going to become the niche product that DC Universe is just strictly going to be, and this is just pure speculation on my part, so you know, formulate your own opinions on this. But I feel like it's going to be the comic archive and some animated features archives, that kind of thing, and you know, occasional some, you know, it'll it'll have some live action things that'll pop in and out of there, but I, I'm guessing that's probably going to be it, so I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm I hope I'm very wrong. I hope you're wrong, but unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be wrong. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Well, because I mean, if, if, from a business standpoint, you know, if you're AT&T and you've got a, a really um, successful and kind of passionate fan base that, you know, that subscribe to HBO and they're going to make that the central piece of their new streaming service. Like HBO is is by default going to be the starting point for that service. Well, it's going to be their original content provider. It's their original content provider. That makes me feel good. Okay. So to have that and and if and if some of this expanded money that they're doing, if, if we can get some of these DC shows that kind of get rolled in there you know we're not going to have like you know four original shows or five original shows a year like we have now like that's probably not going to happen but if we at least get a couple you know over you know if we get a couple uh, in the works here and there i think that would that would still be pretty good you know i'd be pretty happy with that 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 gets rolled in because then you get you get a much wider audience that's going to see it and then like and then again from at&t standpoint you're taking these fans of a niche product and you're getting them to move from 
DC Universe to HBO. To me, that that helps to kind of build up that that core subscriber base a little bit. So I'm just I I'm just wondering if maybe that's what their strategy is. Uh, I don't know. I, t- I I've I have honestly after all these years of doing this podcast, Tim, I've just pretty much <laughs> thrown my hands up when it comes to these business decisions because whatever yeah. decision I want them to make or I think they're going to make, they always seem to find some way to do something that makes me go, "What the hell?" Well, let's face it the these products that we're following and talking about and love unfortunately it's been in a very chaotic situation uh business wise for at least two to three years here oh absolutely mm-hmm. all right well that's that's it we're just kind of telling you what we you know what we think the tea leaves are saying uh you know hopefully we're wrong but this is you know the little bits and pieces that we're kind of extracting from whatever information we can get yeah well let's move on to some wonder woman 1984 news to which i now say beware the internet because <laughs> reportedly a audience test screening for Wonder Woman 1984 occurred, was it last night or was it Thursday? Um, so this was June 14th. Okay, that June 14th was Friday night. Okay. Friday night, yeah. So supposedly a test screening is being held, to which we say, watch out. Yeah. Because you've, so you've got two possible things that can happen. Attention-seeking liars who will say anything on the internet or genuine spoilers. <laughs> yes. And you are going to get both. And you're going to get both. You are going to get both. Because I remember the Aries thing for that got spoiled for me. Yeah. Uh, we got spoiled for both of us yeah. because of doing this show and someone spoiled that, uh, you know, after a test screening of Wonder Woman. So just watch out, guys. And and honestly, don't share anything you see with us because yeah. <laughs> we, we don't want to see it. We, we just don't. Well, and here's the sad thing. Like, if you're truly having one of these screenings, I mean, this, this film is just under a year away. I know. We have a long way to go here, folks. <laughs> long. <laughs> long which, way. Uh, which almost begs the question, why are you doing a test screening with a movie that's a year away. Yeah. That one is interesting to me. This is way out in front. So I don't know if there's anything we should read into that. I don't know. Because, I, I mean, Patty's been talking about doing the screenings and yeah. stuff. And it's just, I don't know. I just, just, just weird. Why would you want to put that out there? So early. Yeah. So it's interesting. Take it with a grain of salt. We don't, I don't have any personal confirmation that the screening occurred. But certainly, you know, the usual suspects are talking about it. So just watch out. Just watch out. Okay, so some of the information about the upcoming Batman film from Matt Reeves is starting to leak out. And uh, what can we say about this, Scott? So you're starting to get these things. You know, you're at this point in development here, active development of a project where now the agencies are starting to get these little casting sheets, these grids that tell them, okay, this is what these are the kind of characters we're looking for. And, you know, this stuff gets out there and then usually somebody's going to pick it up and go ahead and run with it. And I think... I think we got our first case of that this week. Yes, with uh, Geeks Worldwide reporting that they have what we assume is one of these sheets with descriptions that uh, blatantly point to certain villains yeah. that are supposedly going to be in, you know, the Batman. Yeah. Descriptions suggest that Riddler, Penguin, Catwoman, and Firefly are set to be in the film. Yeah, I mean, so if you want to see this stuff, uh, we've got that article out there from Thomas Polito. It, it actually matches up with some 
some of the stuff that we've seen uh, from some some of our sources. So uh, I would say this is there's probably a good chance that this is legit. Uh, so it does it is interesting. You know, I always get a little bit leery when I see too many villains, but it all depends on how you use them. You know, if it just as long as you don't kind of overwhelm the storyline uh, with too many diff- too many different characters. Well, and once again, who says that all these are like actual major roles? You know, we you know you you could always be just a hey we're walking through Arkham yeah and they're there or you can bump into them like there is a way to make to make a world where the villains exist in the world but they aren't the antagonists of the film yeah you know like you can meet you can meet Catwoman you know Penguin can be running the Iceberg Lounge you know there there are ways to do these things where they are not central to the story but they're in the film yeah yep uh, I did notice kind of looking at this article as we're talking about there is a sixth name that we've seen that is not mentioned in this article so uh, I'm not going to mention who it is but like I th- it'll be interesting to see if another story comes out here shortly I uh, yeah because when information that we have seems to be word for word information that we're seeing <laughs> we're questioning why did this other information get left out yeah that is interesting so and again we're not scoopers we don't publish stuff that's not ours so but uh, we'll see I, I'm, I'm betting there's going to be another story coming out with another villain just <laughs> let's just go ahead and let's just put it out there it's going to yep. be another there's another villain out there <laughs> there's another villain so moving on this Hollywood Reporter article that was talking about uh, something we're going to talk about later in the show about a potential Lobo series being developed by sci-fi um, they have made a statement in the middle of the article that a Lobo movie is still uh, being developed by Warner Brothers for Michael Bay and I don't know if this is just a statement kind of acting on previous information we heard but it, it, it all it kind of like goes along with a thing we always hear you know when we talk about how DC Entertainment and Warner Entertainment, Warner Media, what are they called? Warner now? Media is what they're called. Now. It's just Warner Media. It's not Warner. It's just wa- no, <laughs> not, it's, no, it's Warner Media. Yes, <laughs> well, Warner Media. Uh, we always say that like they do like to get things out there before they kind of go full bore. So if there is a Lobo series that's in development for the TV, uh, that would be a perfect way to kind of introduce the character to the larger masses uh, in time for a film. So Right. With Lobo already appearing in season two of Krypton. Of Krypton, right. Which has been highly, highly well received. Um, you can you can count me among those that... You can attest that. <laughs> I can attest to that. I, I enjoyed watching the season two premiere today uh, on uh, Sci-Fi and listen tune in to DCTV Squadcast to listen to my thoughts. Uh, so last we had heard, it was Jason Fuchs that was actually writing it, who Jason Fuchs, um, he was involved with Wonder Woman, and I can't remember if he was ultimately credited or not. He was not ultimately credited. Yeah, okay. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that one. I, I, I think I think that one might be interesting. You always wonder, like, okay, Michael Bay, my God, you know, what but, would you... But Lobo seems like a character Lobo's that a perfect would be perfect one. for Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, right. So we'll see. And have you seen, you know, have you seen a show from Ava DuVernay? I have not. I've been hearing about this show, yeah. but I am I have not. My Netflix watch list is insultingly long. Yeah. Well, okay, you know how I've characterized this before. You know, I'm I'm super excited about Ava DuVernay being involved in New Gods. Yes. Uh, because my you know, when when the news first came out, the the only thing I'd seen from her was Selma, which I just thought was absolutely phenomenal. And then I saw 
uh, A Wrinkle in Time, which I was pretty underwhelmed by, to be honest. And so I started having some reservations. I'm like, oh, I hope she can, you know, I hope she learned whatever lessons and whatever shortcomings, in my opinion, that she had with that film. You know, I hope I hope we don't see those with New Gods. And I saw somebody express the same sentiment, and they said, you know, that's exactly how they felt. And then they saw When They See Us, uh, that show on Netflix, uh, by her. And they said that it's, it's, you know, they have complete, absolute faith in her again. So anyway, it's just something worth checking out. If you want to see, you know, see something from Ava DuVernay that's pretty active right now, go check out that show. Cool. Okay. And then, um, all right. This has been an interesting week for the release the Snyder Cut movement. <laughs> I must say, I, I you know, I, I don't, we don't want to spend too much time on it tonight, but we do need to mention that several different outlets outside of the normal sort of comic book type sites and regurgitators have been curiously focused on the Snyder Cut this week. Uh, there was an article that came out from The Ringer. I think this came out on... It was on Wednesday. It was on Wednesday. It came out. And it was an interesting piece. And we knew about it coming beforehand because we knew people or we knew of people who had been contacted by the writer of this article. Uh, more exp- more specifically, uh, Chris Wong from uh, uh, Ping Pong, Ping Pl- Flix Pong. I can never, he's Nexus Pong <laughs> on Twitter. Chris, I'm sorry I can't remember the name of your YouTube channel. <laughs> and he put out a video before the article came out. He put out a video after the article came out at talk because he was one of the major voices that was interviewed for this article. And there, you know, opinions vary on people's reactions to this article. Tim and I can only speak to our personal reactions to the article. My personal reaction to the article was that went okay because in this article, yes, it's being written by a guy who does not like Zack, Zack Snyder's films whatsoever, and he is open about that. But in the article, acknowledges sort of the I don't know, kind of reluctant respect he has for the goal of the movement and that the movement even exists in the first place. And and some people want to get hung up on the fact that he doesn't like Zack Snyder's films. I will at least say at least he doesn't attack Zack Snyder personally in the article. He just talks about how much he doesn't like his movies, you know, and, and steers away from personal attacks. Some people are getting hung up on certain word choices, which I'm sorry, the word choices tend to be, if you know the connotations of the words, kind of accurate. But, you know, but I look at it as a net positive that you have a guy who does not like Zack Snyder's movies. But even he says, I'm glad this exists and I hope it happens. Yes. Like, it, it, it's like, I don't like Zack Snyder's movies, but I think what happened to Zack Snyder was wrong. And I applaud what the movement is doing to try to right this wrong. I mean, it's, it's you know, in the in the second sentence of the article, I think this was the biggest thing. It says, they may never get what they want. May they never stop trying. I mean, this guy does not like Zack Snyder's movies, but he's not telling the movement to shut up. Yeah. I mean, and that's my takeaway from the article. Yeah. I mean, that's mine too. Like, I mean, when I look at this thing, I look to see, you know, of course, there's always going to be some personal opinions put into things. And you get a little bit of that here. And he doesn't shy away from it. You get, you get a little bit more than a little bit. You get there's there's a lot of there's there's 
sections. There's like paragraphs when he discusses the movie, he describes the movies that he's using some, you know, choice words that, you know, rub me the wrong way. I'll be honest about that. But those aren't okay. But I mean, he's talking about opinions on some previous films. When it comes to like what happened with Justice League and what's happening with the current release of Snyder Cut movement and, you know, the, the different things that have happened. I mean, I think he's been pretty factual. Like, I, I, I feel like he's being very journalistic about it. Like, he's just trying to state the facts about what's going on. Right. He editorializes the previous movies, but yes. he's objective about the movement itself. Yes. And and the thing about this thing, and I know some people get, like, hung up on the editorializing, and, 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 and I would just say, and I think this is what you're saying as well, Scott, is, you know, those are his opinions. There's nothing wrong with his opinions. If he doesn't like them, that's fine. You know, it's all subjective, right? So if he doesn't like the films, those are his personal opinions. That's his personal experience with them. But what is he actually saying about the facts about what happened with Justice League? And that's the part that I give him respect for because I I felt like he... He pretty accurately described, you know, for people that wouldn't even be familiar with what happened like we are, he pretty accurately painted the picture about what happened. And then and he even acknowledged that this movement is is there's something there's something significant to it about how strong it is and how it's still going and how passionate it is. And he painted a picture of like the people that are pushing for the movement of release the Snyder Cut. Like, you know, these are not crazy fanatics. Like these are people that have legitimate feelings that are kind of driving why they want to see um, the original intended version from Zack Snyder for Justice League. And so I felt like this is probably one of the most significant things that kind of happened to the movement in terms of getting outside, like getting getting the word out outside of the inner circles right. or the usual circles. Yeah. I mean, this is not a Wall Street Journal article from last year. This is not a hit piece. This is not a hit piece. This is not at all what that is. This is giving respect to the movement and support to the movement, quite honestly. I know. And I think that's the part besides his negative opinions about Zack Snyder's f- films. I think the fact that he says they're doing something that seems impossible, but good on them. I mean, that's really, I, I know a lot of people who are complaining about the word quixotic, but basically what does that word mean? This problem, this, this is, this is really, this looks daunting and unachievable, but you're trying anyway. Kind of what the word means. <laughs> so, and, and the fact, and the fact that, you know, at no point does he, at no point in the article does he, does he attack members of the movement or the the ideal of the movement itself. As a matter of fact, the whole point is keep doing it. We hope you get what we hope you win. Is basically what the article says. Yeah. No. So I mean, and, and I we can't we can't tell people how to feel about how they responded or how they reacted to this article when they read it. But I would just say, guys, there is a a, a really big net positive out of this article. And, and the net positive is is that we're it's getting the word out to people who probably don't to the vast majority of people who have no idea what this what we're talking about. Right. Right. Now, they also brought it up on their podcast, too. Yes. I haven't listened to it, but you have. Yeah. Could you speak to that for a little bit? I mean, the the he basically kind of walked through the entire thing as well, uh, talking about, uh, you know, what he wrote in this article. And it was it was a very, it came off very genuine and respectful to the movement. Uh, I'm talking about Rob Harvilla or Harvilla. I'm not exactly sure how he pronounces his name. But he's the one that wrote the Ringer article. And so he was the one that kind of explained everything in the podcast. And and, and I thought the podcast was extremely fair and and actually kind of encouraging. Like, I, I feel like the discussion was very, very factual, mature. It was objective. Um, there was a couple, there was one instance that I just kind of like, uh, just kind of annoyed me. The the actual host of the show had to, like a real negative thing to say about Zack Snyder's uh, two DCEU 
films. But aside from that, you know, the the author of the article never got into that. Like he never dipped his toes into any negativity towards Zack Snyder. And I thought it was a really, really strong and good conversation. So I would encourage you guys, if you if you want to hear a little bit more in context to, you know, what he was kind of feeling about what he actually wrote in the article, go listen to that show. The, the, the podcast is called The Big Picture. And uh, so just look for the one that came out this past Friday. And then even Yahoo UK released like two separate stories about Justice League and the Snyder Cut, one of which was basically what I like to call the Jay Oliva show, where they where they basically just uh, quoted tons of Jay Oliva tweets that basically defended the existence of the Snyder Cut of Justice League. So, and it even ended on the, on the line, so in short, that Snyder version of Justice League could potentially be a thing, whether Warner Brothers would let it be released, however, is another matter, which is the point we've been making. Right. <laughs> it was the, even the point that Snyder made at SnyderCon, which is... It's up to them. Yeah. It's up to them. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, so this was this was a, this was a good week. week. This was a good week for this. I mean, you know, like I said, like, this is good. This is good when you're getting mainstream outlets starting to talk about this thing and, and raising awareness to it. Like, this is going to do more than, honestly, our little corner of the world where we yell at each other back and forth about, you know, release a Snyder Cut, you know, amongst people that are well aware of what happened and, you know, already have well-defined views about whether we should get a cut or not. You know, this is putting us into the mainstream audience here where people have no idea all this stuff was going on. And it's not treating the movement like the cut doesn't exist. Right. Or look at these crazy people like that Wall Street Journal article did last year. Right, right. So, so yeah, it's, uh, I, I think this was a good week for the release of Snyder Cut movement. So. All right. Uh, talking a little bit TV, well, you kind of already... You kind of already blew, blew the story about the the Lobo spinoff, but <laughs> I you know. Have you seen Krypton season premiere yet? I haven't yet. No, I fo- like I said, I focus on game, uh, game of Thrones this week to finish that up. Okay, uh, we need to talk. Yes, we, we need to talk after you see it. Okay, uh, but uh, I'm I, I you don't see a lot of Lobo in the premiere, but I'll be very interested to see how his character is played off in the rest of the season, and that will inform my excitement for the spinoff series. But this has potential to me. Okay, uh, so can you give a little bit of details about the spinoff series. Well, uh, you know, they they are looking to use the actor Emmett J. Scanlon, Scanlon, who is playing Lobo in Krypton. They are planning on letting making a star vehicle for him of a Lobo series. And uh, that Cameron Welsh, who is the showrunner for Krypton, would serve as the executive producer and writer for this Lobo series. And the idea is sci-fi has two shows that are uh, being that are ending, uh, including Happy and uh, and Killjoys. So they're saying Lobo could fill in the slots of one of those two shows. Yeah, and I kind of feel like Lobo is just one of these characters. Like it could really catch on. Quite honestly, you know, oh, definitely the irreverence of the character and you know just the absurdity of it. Like I could see something like that actually catching on. So it's going to be you know the potential of the show happening with sci-fi is going to make or break actually how um, you know how the characters received in this you know second season of Krypton absolutely and then Pennyworth got a, like a full official trailer this week <laughs> I love the James Bond poster by the way that came oh out oh my goodness it. It, doesn't it <laughs> oh my, my favorite part of this uh, still I, I, I said this to you when I watched the trailer before I started recording I still love the fact that when someone said uh, a coup d'etat <laughs> yeah. and he said if you need a fr- if you need to say it in French I don't like it <laughs> right I I really duh. everything about this show from a show that when it got first announced I was 
kind of like, really? To now everything I've seen about it has been like, I want to watch that. Yeah, I did too. I did too. I'm I'm so intrigued by the show. Just the, the whole idea of it is like, it, it's fun. I mean, just taking somebody that, you know, has got this background. Do, do they say specifically what Pennyworth, what, what service he was with? They say in the trailer that he was in the army. The army. Okay. But just kind of like take that whole idea and just kind of build upon it. But like just even the the acting, the writing, the cinematography have been really impressive so far. So so uh, one last thing I said, you know, or I was going to tell you, like this is going to be on Epics. It's going to be debuting July 28th. The one thing I don't know about Pennyworth is if we're going to actually be able to go ahead and purchase the season like I usually do on iTunes because I don't have Epics and I don't even know how I would be able to watch it. I think I think when I looked into it before. You can buy the app and sort of do like an a la carte monthly situation. With right. Epics. Yeah. So which I'm not going to do. I would rather just buy the product itself. <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. Yeah. So. But somebody will have to watch it for DC TV Squadcast. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, still still intrigued by the show. Um, Titans actually has got a couple new pieces of news. We won't get into great detail here, but apparently Mercy Graves has been cast. And Aqualad. Aqualad. And it's and it's a blonde actor who's playing Aqualad. I know, which means they're not going with... Uh, okay. Which means... Which, I was like, part of me was kind of disappointing. I was like, <laughs> oh, they're not using Calderon. Oh, okay. They're... Well, we, we don't know that, do we? Uh, he's a blonde white guy. They're not doing Calderon. Right, but I mean... I mean, really, does does the look really matter? Yes! When he's the <laughs> son of Black Manta! Stop being obtuse, Tim. Stop being obtuse. Yeah, so, yeah, I was kind of surprised by this, but I'm I'm still kind of like old school. Like, I like the, I like the, uh, the black curly-haired <laughs> Aqualad that we had back from the 1980s. <laughs> the George Perez Aqualad. You do, you do you. You, you, go, you go and do you. Uh, so, this one looks more like, what's it going to be uh who's the who's that original aqualad the one who becomes tempest uh garth something garth yeah garth i can't remember his last name but garth yeah Gar- uh gar no I keep- the problem is that because because beast boy's name is garfield garfield yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm just i'm getting I'm, I'm just getting all the names confused now in my head yeah. uh okay and they but they do have and they are casting uh a a uh, a, a black british actress for mercy graves yeah. which hey this is just mercy's been mercy's been getting some play lately so yeah. i'll be uh i'll be very interested to see see you know how they incorporate it. i mean with superboy in season two of titans obviously you had to have some sort of luther presence right right and of course uh the actor who plays superboy joshua orpin uh tweeted out on not tweeted uh instagrammed out on instagram is there such a <laughs> is there such a verb for instagram is there a verb for instagram <laughs> i don't know he instagrammed out a picture of a white dog with a dog tag that says crypto yep so which we saw at the in credit scene of titan season yep oh Oh, and then James Wan was on the inst- was on the Instagram, <laughs> you know, you know, whatever verb we want to come up with for Instagram, <laughs> sharing his uh, his feelings about the the axing of Swamp of you know the premature uh, end of Swamp Thing, and saying don't really know or understand why Swamp Thing was canceled, but I can tell you this: all the cast and crew and producing writing team poured their hearts into this. Really proud of everyone's hard work. Go watch episode two and immortalize these ten episodes. Swampy deserves it. Yeah. So, which we have not been doing our part, Scott. Unfortunately, no, we have not because we have not watched. Tim and I were trying like confess to each other until we realized that we both have not watched <laughs> episode two or three of Swamp Thing. We're like, oh, 
oh, okay, we, we're we being bad fans. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that is critical of, of the DC Universe streaming service here, and in order you could even just say Warner Media or Warner Brothers, uh, I said, you know, give us some kind of official statement. Well, this is what we got. On the DC Universe message board, this was posted by a moderator named Applejack. And the moderator said, hi, friends, a million thanks for your patience. We understand this has not been an easy time for you as fans, and I will do my best to provide you with a satisfying answer. First, some updates. The full 10 episodes, the season of Swamp Thing will continue to air on DC Universe with new episodes released weekly. There are no current plans for a season two. We appreciate that there are questions as to why, but unfortunately we are not in a position to answer at this time. And now the good news. DC Universe continues to develop new shows, new seasons, new stories, more availability, and more platforms. We've got a lot of exciting plans for our other shows in the works and look forward to sharing more in the coming months. That's all the information I have to share at this time. Now that you have the goods, we will be going back through the threads and removing the false rumors and speculation that this choice means DC Universe or any of our original series were affected. Feel free to ask questions in my comments below and I will answer to the best of my ability. Um, Scott, how do you feel about this official statement from DC Universe? I wouldn't have known about it if (laughs) DC fam had not, fan fam hadn't tweeted out to us because I'm sorry, you slipped in a message board. I'm going to be honest. I don't look at the message boards on DC Universe. No. Who, who looks at message boards? Seriously. I mean, I'm sure there's like some people that love them, but like I would never look there and this is not an official place to put a statement. So no, this is not an official statement from DC Universe. So I just don't. <laughs> I don't know how to take this. I'm to be honest. <laughs> and even if it was an official statement, it's it's just all like double talk in here anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So well, I and mean, we don't want to beat a dead swamp about what happened with Swamp Thing because wow, wow, that was Wow. painful and oh, hey you know what <laughs> last week was painful enough yes uh, the one thing we did want to mention once again grain of salt because we're dealing with sources here but business insider which is you know a little bit more of a legitimate publication ran a story about what happened with swamp thing rehashed a lot of the same information that we've already gone over last week but did have this one paragraph in its article which says this quote one source close to the production told business insider that the show had a possible three-season arc, and the feeling on set was that it could have gone past that if it was a hit, with characters spinning off into their own shows. The source used a specific example of a potential Justice League dark team-up series. I could go for that. <laughs> I would definitely be down for that. Uh, you know what? If it, if it gets Constantine on DC Universe? Right. You know? So, I you know, I don't know. You know, we've got to be wary of sources close to the production. Yeah, we do. Um, I mean, there was another thing in this article It said that a source who had worked on a show said there was buzz on set that Warner Media might fold DC Universe into its own upcoming streaming service, which is also expected to include HBO and Cinemax. And that means Warner Media would have an alternate vision for DC Universe than originally expected, which could have influenced the Swamp Thing cancellation. So, I mean, this is all the same stuff we've kind of been speculating as well. Right. But I mean, that, so. if I mean, why not? Why can't they just go and you know, Warner Media streaming service, why can't they say, yep, we have HBO, we have Cinemax, we have DC Universe. I mean, even if they could just take the existing content and put it on there right now. Right. They just make it a channel. Just make it a channel. Right. So who knows? I, I'm hoping that's the case, you know, because I, I feel like you know, when it comes to the superhero genre, I mean, it's 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 not just a niche, really, in all seriousness. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. it's a genre niche, but I mean, you have a ton of people. I'm, all you got to do is look at all the superhero related content we have on TV and in the movies right now. It it's, it's beyond a niche. So why not advertise it? I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, that's part of my frustration. <laughs> 
Oh, can we talk some comic news? Yes. Okay, you've got one you're really excited for, and I got one that I about wet my pants over. So yeah. you get to go first. Okay, Phantasm is coming to Batman. Oh, stop it! That's mine! <laughs> no. Jerkwad! I'll, I'll save that one for you. The Legion of Superheroes is returning to comics. You know I'm a Legion Superheroes fan. I know, that's why you're supposed to take that one. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not gonna dwell on it too much here, but Brian, Brian Michael Bennis is going to be reviving the Legion of Superheroes beginning in a two-part miniseries that's going to be called Legion of Superheroes Millennium. Uh, this is going to be coming out, I guess, in September 18th. It says, you know, Bendis said that over time, a wealth of future characters and stories have emerged since the Legion's beginning, and connecting these threads to an updated version of the Legion is a story that Brian Michael Bendis and Ryan Sook have been working on, and they can't wait to tell it. So it's, you know, I don't know if you, you know, I kind of grew up in this era, but like at the time, probably the most popular team books that were out there and this was back in like the 80s legion of superheroes was right there with x-men they were super popular and and then when crisis hit it just kind of like truncated legion's history and took superboy out of the mix and and really the the properties have really just never been the same ever since then and so it seems like they're going to take another shot at this thing to see if they can if they can build up the mythology again and, and just launch a new series we'll see how it goes you know i think with a high profile person like brian michael bendis you know we'll we'll see what what he can do with this book well, I, when i saw that i thought you were going to be super excited i yeah. mean i was just like it doesn't it doesn't move the needle for me but it's something near and dear to you so i was happy for you yeah no so yeah i'm i'm excited to see them trying to do something with it you know i still have high hopes that it, it, it can build up a fan base again yeah all right your turn scott okay it was tuesday i have to give credit to brent because brent was the first one to share this he put it in the slack group and i just about lost it um tom king tweeted out on tuesday that january 2020 would be the launch of his batwoman catwoman book that we talked about when it was announced that he would be leaving the batman book after issue like 85 or something at the end of the year and the whole idea was that they were going to move him onto his own sort of maxi series so he could continue his story and he wouldn't have to worry about being in having to you know they want the batman book to kind of be more lined up with the other bat books and and we got this image of batman and catwoman when that announcement was made well tuesday we get the cover <laughs> and that image of batman and catwoman is reflecting off the freaking blade of the phantasm <laughs> yes yeah. with with the tagline at the top she awaits you <laughs> which of course any fan of mask of the phantasm knows that she's got that line chucky saul your angel of death awaits yeah i lost it because tim you know any of our listeners you know especially if you listen to our uh cross our very first ever crossover with holy Batcast. when asked the question what is your favorite batman movie mask of the phantasm in my opinion is like it's about as perfect of a theatrically released batman movie that has ever been made i love mask of the phantasm yeah it's and a the, great film it's a great film and the fact that the phantasm is becoming continuity it just makes me so happy <laughs> Yeah. I mean, even even our friend Jamie Drooley from Holy Batcast, when he saw the tweet, he actually tweeted, "Has anyone? Does anyone know if Scott has seen this? We may need a wellness check." Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, "Oh, someone knows me so well." Yeah, I knew when I saw it too. I'm like, "Oh, Scott's gonna be excited." The thing I couldn't remember, I didn't know if uh, Phantasm had been brought into any continuity yet, and apparently not at all. No, because the fan, the one criticism I've seen is because the fan. 
Phantasm was basically an adaptation of The Reaper from Batman Year Two. And even though I'm terribly behind, my understanding is Tomasi has brought in The Reaper in his current run of Detective. Ah, uh, okay. So. Which, that's fine. I enjoy Tom King's run. I I have made arrangements so that I will continue to get the Tom King Batman book, especially after this news dropped, because I was like, oh, hell no, I'm reading this, sucker. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exciting. So that'll be a fun one. That'll be a, definitely a fun one. I, I, so the question is going to be, is, is Tom King going to use the same interpretation? That is an interesting question. But with the tagline, she awaits you, it, it suggests that he is going to stay faithful to the inspiration of the character. Yeah. Because I assume the she means Andrea. Mm, okay, yeah. All right. And they, and then lastly, they released a trailer for the next DC Black Label book to come out since Batman Damned. Yeah. Uh, which we're still waiting for the third book of that <laughs> to come out. Yes. Uh, supposedly the end of this month. Uh, but Superman Year One from Frank Miller and John Romita Jr., which I've pre-ordered. It's a Frank Miller book. You know I've got to get it. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to it. It looks, it looks good. It looks good. The trailer gives you, um, you know, some teases of some of the artwork in it, and it looks, it looks good. It looks intriguing. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. Like, uh, I think you see Lana Lang. Yeah, I, did you see Lori Lamaris? Uh, who is that? That's uh, she's the the mermaid. Oh, yes, I did. I saw a mermaid. Okay, yeah. So it's interesting, you know. Uh, Frank Miller is going back to you know some of the Silver Age stuff. So it'll be interesting uh, to see all the elements. I, I was curious to see if like he was going to find like you know the Legion of Superheroes in there. Of course, you know. But yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't spot anything. Yeah, but that may just be issue one. It's going to be three issues. It is, yes. Yes. All right. Very cool. It's kind of fun when we get to talk about comics. Yeah. It's, it's nice when it happens. We don't get to do it too often. No. You know, we should, you know, aren't we kind of in charge of this network? Can we just take over DC Comics Squadcast one of these weeks? No, because that would require us to have actually be caught up. No, we don't have to be caught up. We just talk about whatever crap we want to talk about. I, move over, Chris and, uh, yes. move over, Chris and Jordan. <laughs> We're coming for them. <laughs> We're taking over. They took over our show one time. It's only fair. I don't think takeover is quite the, I think, I think, I think the more accurate is, we wanted a vacation and they volunteered. <laughs> oh, they had fun with it. They did an excellent job too, though. It made me they nervous because I was like, oh my God, people are going to realize that there's better people out there. <laughs> that didn't happen. It didn't happen. No. So. <laughs> Love you. Yeah. No, no. It, it's all good. But wouldn't that be fun though? We should do that sometime. We really should. Just, just kind of do like a retro review of something with those guys. Or whenever they do start talking about this Batman Catwoman book, I'm yeah. like, dudes, just <laughs> move over. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Oh, right. Well, Scott, I think that's it for this week's podcast we want to thank all of you guys for listening to us ramble on for as long as we did i we don't even know at this point you know yeah. we did a little suicide squadcast raw before we started recording so we're yeah. completely off our rocker yes we are <laughs> but uh please reach out to us at suicide squadcast on twitter i can be reached individually at scott dc 27 yeah and then on twitter you can reach me at alan fire you can always email us at suicide squadcast at gmail.com we check our email now i, I think we could say that I, th- I think it's fair i think it's fair think it's, it's fair <laughs> Definitely fair. Um, so t- please don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, you can also find us on Vero, Facebook, and at our website, SuicideSquadcast.com. And always, we are a fan-supported network, and we thank you for that. So head on over to Patreon.com slash Media to give your support, if you can, $5 a month. And remember, you got Ghost World, Return of the Swamp Thing, and we are the men in black. <laughs> got that one coming up, too. Yeah, we do. Yep. And we have a Wall of Weird Sex update coming up. Well, we haven't recorded it yet, but it's we're starting to accumulate some more updates yeah we got lots of news stories yes so part seven is, <laughs> part is seven. in the works <laughs> so we have one of those coming up all right that's it for this week guys go out and keep reading some dc your comic books await 
See you guys. I have to admit, Tim, as an English teacher, I love it when people discover new words. You know, quixotic apparently has been a really big buzzword this week. Quixotic, that's like a three-syllable word for any thought that's too big for little minds. Come on, man. If you have to say it in French, I don't like it. But it's Spanish, Tim. Screw you.